Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Mick Clifford Podcast with the Irish Examiner. Now, domestically in recent weeks, there's been a lot of focus on housing those fleeing the war in Ukraine. It's undoubtedly putting a strain on what was already a major housing problem. There's talk of temporary accommodation, some of which does not sound suitable. But we are in an emergency situation, so it's difficult to get the optimum solution, certainly straight away. Now, to be fair, people in this country have been very welcoming and let's hope that spirit of generosity persists. But at the heart of this issue are human beings who have had to uproot and flee for their lives. Their plight can only be imagined by those of us who have never been subjected to such a blow. So how are they doing, these people who for now have made this country home as they try to deal with the trauma they've been through and come to terms with the fact that it may be a while if ever, before they can attempt to resume the lives they knew before the 24th of February. Joining me today is Ukrainian journalist and resident, for now anyway, of Gort in County Galway, Polina Bashkina. Polina has written in great detail and with considerable insight in the Irish Examiner about her journey here and the experiences of her fellow country people who also now find themselves living in Ireland. Polina, you're very welcome. Hello, hi there, hi to everyone. Polina, you wrote in The Examiner about uh, your own situation. And what I was interested in was, you said that before the outbreak of this war, you were in a minority in that you believed that it would happen. Will you talk to me about that, please? Yes, you know, that would sound terrible, but Ukrainians, during these eight years of the war, they used to it. Because we had eight years of the Russian war against Ukraine on our east of the country, around Donbass. And every day we had deaths from one to five Ukrainian soldiers. But majority of Ukrainians, they lived their normal life. They didn't believe the bigger war could start. Uh, they didn't believe in Crimea could stolen in 2014 also. And the question is a new generation, I think, because the new generation, they know history badly. For example, the Second World War was like a tale for them, like a story, not like the real life. That's why they didn't believe it could happen in 21st century again. That's why we have such situation. I'm with you, yes. And you've also written quite graphically about um, when the bombing first started near your home and when the war started, you went out into a field with your mother and your six-year-old son. By the way, I will answer to your question soon, but... Um, 
uh, I remind one important thing about Putin, why we didn't understand the, uh, him uh, correctly and why we didn't expect the war. I mean, whole the world and Ukrainians also. Only maybe American and British intelligence services, uh, they thought the world war will be. Uh, the question is, uh, I was interested by myself, just for myself, in psychiatry. Uh, I've learned it during two years. And there is an official system, it's called DSM-5. This is a diagnostic statistics system of uh, mental disorders. And there is a mental disorder called narcissism. It's not madness, like somebody could think and uh, they call Putin madman. No, this is near to uh, psychopaths, but this is narcissism. Mostly people think about Putin in normal logic, but the narcissists officially have perverse logic. They think absolutely in another way. Uh, officially, they, narcissists, don't have empathy. I mean emotional empathy. They have only intellectual empathy. And they, officially also, they couldn't feel the real emotions, positive emotions, I mean. They can feel only negative emotions, like anger, rage, narcissist, rage, envy and sadness. They have like a black hole inside of their hearts, inside of their souls. They need to receive emotions. They need to receive emotions, even negative emotions, to feel themselves alive. You understand me? That's why Putin is so happy when mm. he sees death, is when he sees screaming, crying, etc. Because he feels he's, he's a gorgeous man, you know? This is the heart of this, yes. this mental disorder. That's why uh, I absolutely was sure that he will attack Ukraine first because of narcissism and second because uh, all Russian people, not only Putin, they hate Ukrainians at all. This is absolutely genocide of our people. And I have a lot of stories. If we will have time for this, I can uh, share these stories uh, to you. So this is question not of Putin. Uh, for example, about 40% of Russian people now, they um, support politics of Putin and they want him to use nuclear weapon just now for Ukrainians and the whole world. That's why, please, don't believe this is a question of Putin. Yes, I agree with you, but could it not also be, Polina, that a lot of the Russian people believe the lies that are put out on state media by Putin and his allies about the Ukrainians and if they knew the truth they would have a very different attitude to Ukraine. Absolutely no. I don't agree with this because we live near each other and I know the situation from inside. Of course I will tell you several stories from Ukrainian women today. Of course this is a question of their IQ and of their low level of culture. That's why they believe in propaganda of Russia, of course. But, for example, uh, my father is a Russian man and he was dying from the lung cancer. And he uh, rang to his sister in Russia to say this. And they didn't return the call to my father, just ask, are you alive or not? Just to say goodbye. No, absolutely silence. And... 
when the war started, we had the same situation in Ukraine. A lot of people wrote on Facebook that their relatives from Russia didn't call them, didn't write to them to ask, are you alive or not? Do you need help? What's going on, etc. Absolutely silence. Right. Okay, and when the war did start, Polina, you've written in, in the Irish Examiner about how you and your mother and your six-year-old son, you went out into a field because you thought it would be safe there from the bombs if they, if they hit your, your, your apartment building. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, I moved from my apartment in the center of Kiev, Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. I moved to my summer house with my family, with my old 70 years old mother and with my son. And we thought that Putin will start the war from the carpet bombing, you know, with missiles. And we didn't want to die under the rubble of our house. That's why we went to the open field. We thought he will not bomb the open field. And uh, it was a night, uh, it was about 5 a.m. And uh, the bombing started around the field. We felt the um, wave, explosion wave on our heads. And my mother uh, pressed down to the ground our dog. And I pressed down to the ground my son and tried to explain to him, just close his ears and open at the same time his mouth because of bombing, you know, this... Uh, because of medical reasons, to save our ears like this. And it was terrible. It was scary and it was very cold. And we spent all the night in the open field and the next night it was the same. Yeah, it, it, and it's a whole shock to system and, and the way of life. And how long then after the war started did you leave Ukraine? About two weeks. Uh, I lived when... Everybody was uh, waiting that Kyiv will be in blockade. And it was very difficult to me to make a choice between two roles. I feel myself, because of this war and at all, I feel myself like a warrior, you know? Like a warrior, in spite of I'm a woman, but I feel myself like a warrior. But I'm a mother also. And it was terrible choice. Very difficult to choose the role because this is two opposite roles you know and i felt myself split it in two different parts and i chose to be a mother and to save my child yeah absolutely and i can see very difficult uh, apart from everything else that was going on very difficult dilemma there and and uh Polini, you you went to poland and from there what made you consider coming to Ireland? Did you know anything about Ireland before you came here? Uh, it's important to understand that it wasn't a um, holiday. Uh, this is not a holiday. This is not a rest. And I didn't <laughs> make a choice what country I want to visit, what country I have been or I haven't been yet, etc. We have an official website. It's called prehistock.gov.ua. Prehistock, it means shelter. And a lot of people from all the world, they proposed their homes like an accommodation for Ukrainians now. And the second offer from the top, it was the offer of uh, the Polish family, which um, lived in Ireland during 16 years. And they offered to stay in their home and they paid for the uh, air tickets and they gave us a lift from the Dublin airport 
So I didn't choose Ireland. It was a um, gift of a destiny. I don't know, maybe. Yes, and, and very generous by that family that um, they came forward like that. So you were raised here with your son and that must have been very strange. Absolutely. Yeah, it's true. It was very uh, difficult to move out from Ukraine because, for example, when we were standing in the train station in Ukraine, the Russia sent missile to, to our train station. Do you remember, like in Kramatorsk, uh, Kramatorsk yeah. they, they did, a lot of people died. And they did the same in Kyiv. But our air forces, they shoot down this missile, but the parts of it, they fall on the train station and it was a big panic. Then it was very difficult to go inside the train because there were no places there inside. But in the third train, we went inside and we were standing all the time during the uh, journey. And then we spent whole the night on the cold train station in Khmelnytsky city because there were no places on the trains to leave the last city on the west of Ukraine. And after this whole night in the cold train station, we moved to the church and had the rest there. And then our friend helped us to move to the Lviv. And then uh, there were no places in the buses to Poland. So it was a very terrible road, very difficult. But fortunately, we are here now. Yes. And since arriving here, Polina, have you a network of people from Ukraine? You know, it would be some comfort, I would imagine, if you were in contact with other people who are here from uh, Ukraine as well. Um Maybe it uh, that will sound strange, but of course I have a very big network of Ukrainians in my Facebook. But here, to be honest, to speak frankly, it's very um, difficult situation emotionally because we don't have men here. Almost, almost don't have. This is one more question, uh, and uh, women without men. They could be angry and envy. Now I live in monastery, ex-monastery in uh, Gort city, in Gort town. Uh, and we have about 25 women here. And, you know, it's uh, like a sparks inside the bottle. It's difficult to be all together without men, etc. Very difficult. Yeah. And with children. But we have four men here, and this is a question why. Because I strongly believe they should stay in Ukraine to defend their country. What are they doing here? So, I feel it like this. And do you know why they came here? Like, wh why, why they're not still in Ukraine? I don't have this information. Maybe I will ask them later, because I'm here only about 10 days. And that, of course... And, and making no reference to anything specific, but that, of course, is another issue that, as you say, the vast, vast majority of people here are women, very often with children, like your own six-year-old son. And um, that can put people in a vulnerable situation as well, particularly in, in, in a different country far from home. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Yes. Everybody wants to feel themselves safe and uh, in the situation when the war continue and we don't know the date of the end of the war everybody could be 
everybody nervous, you know. Yes, absolutely. And apart from that, just purely in terms of um, everyday life and, and, and mixing and uh, partners and what have you, of course, we forget that as well, that there are no men folk, to put it that way, here with you, which, you know, just purely on a, on a, a socialising and on a, all sorts of basic levels, it's a very difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. To know what's really happening, subscribe to the Irish Examiner today at irishexaminer.com forward slash subscribe. Then, Paulina, the other thing. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That strikes me. As you say, um, Kiev was bombed early on, as a lot of places were, some horrendous uh, experiences. But now it looks like Russia are going to concentrate on Donbass area. And that is terrible in itself. But what it does give rise to is what about people like yourself from Kiev and other parts of Ukraine? Do you think, because that is the way the war has gone, it might be quicker when you can return home? Of course. As to me, uh, I'm waiting to do it very much. And not only because uh, my mother and my dog are there. Also because I feel myself like Ukrainian and I love my life there. Um, I don't want to lose it at all. I don't know, will my apartment in Kyiv um, destroyed or not? Because in Kyiv I live not far away from the government district. It's about one or two kilometers only. So if uh, uh, Putin will decide to destroy our government buildings and they will make a little mistake, uh, I will not have my home in Kyiv, I mean. Uh, and uh, about me in Ukraine, I want to come back very much because... Uh, I think I had a very good life. I had my own business there. I have sewing school and co-working there. And also I'm a writer in Ukraine, not journalist, I'm a writer. This is my own book. It was published only several months ago before the war, maybe. It was in November of of 21st. So uh, my calling is uh, to be a writer. And I have my second book and I prepare now it to be published. I live in Kiev in a very beautiful district, all one. And my building is an architecture memo. And I like to go to my balcony, you know, to relax, to see the sunset with a cup of coffee. And to feel myself, um, to be yourself. And I strongly believe that you can be yourself only on your native land. Of course, maybe in Ireland I could uh, earn more money. But for me, the most important question is not material questions. This is a question of 
to be yourself, to feel to feel from inside. Yeah. It's possible only in your native land, not in immigrants. Yes, I think a lot of people would agree with you there, no doubt about it. Now, the other thing, um, Polina, as I said, you wrote in the newspaper also about some other Ukrainian people who are here. And we spoke earlier about the um, the lies that's put out there by Russian state media about what's going on in Ukraine. And I was just interested, one woman you spoke to, uh, Larissa, she uh, told you, according to what you were writing, that when the soldiers came to her apartment, they said they were looking for, and this was the, the quote, Negroes from the NATO army. It's scared and funny at the same time. And I think, do you remember I said to you, this is a question of their uh, IQ and uh, cultural level, because we are not the member of NATO. Why did they uh, look for these uh, people here? And why Negros? Why? You're obviously a racist, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Larissa tried not to be funny because of it, tried to be polite, and she works on TV like a scenari uh, scenarist. She uh, writes scenarios. That's why she um, had to be polite and uh, psychological um, in a good way uh, to speak with them and to explain there is no soldiers of NATO in my apartments and in Ukraine at all. And uh, not smile because of the question of Negros. Yeah, I mean, that, it's obviously that um, the misinformation and blatant racism in some of that cases suggesting, you know, but it, that, that, that that's a feature of um, how the Russians are conducting uh, the war. How else have you found this country? Let me put it this way to you. What has been good about this country and what has been bad about this country? As to me, it was a big surprise, very good surprise, to feel your people with a high level of intelligence. In English, intelligence means clever, means to be smart. In our languages, intelligent, intelligence also means to be high culture level, have high culture level. So, for example, if you want from somebody, uh, him to do something, you will not say, please do it. You will say, do you want to do it? Do you want to do something? So, I like it very much. You are sincerely very polite people. And uh, I would like to live in such society. This is my dream. What about the bad things? Are the things that are difficult for you? Oh, I think uh, you will understand me. This is the question of speed of the life. Because uh, I arrived from the capital of the Ukraine and we have a very speed, very quickly life. And it's terrible to wait. For example, we are here about 10 days and I still don't have a keys of my room. And they promise every day it will be tomorrow and then again tomorrow and then again tomorrow. And every question we have to wait during seven or ten or two weeks, um, it's uh, terrible, yeah, really. It's very difficult to rebuild your um, psychology system, you know, to, to wait without nervous. And your son, has your son be able to, been able to attend school? Yes, uh, today our fourth day here 
and before this we have a one week at school in Longford. We caught COVID in the airport, unfortunately. Uh, that's why we had only two weeks of school. And it's a very good attitude of your teachers to children. Uh, thank you very much for it. And uh, my son is happy to be there. That's good. And do, do you have any idea, Paulina, um, as it, it sounds like that very understandably you want to return sometime to your country, to Kiev. Do you have any idea how long it might take for you to get that? Or are you prepared to stay here as long as it takes indefinitely? I think it could be several scenarios. Uh, now we have the second battle, big battle. The first was when they tried to attack Kiev. Now Putin has his second chance to attack Donbass. Because do you know the information about uh, Russia's big holiday, 9th of May? It's called Victory's Day. And we have such tradition to show to the nation a big victory every year. And this year Putin wants to see a big victory under, the, under Ukraine. That's why he needs any good result or legend of result uh, in Ukraine. So he tried to uh, attack Donbass now. And if it will be one more bad chance for him, I think he will use nuclear, we think, not I, we think he will use a nuclear weapon, but not like a weapon of attack, but like the weapon of despair, like the weapon of revenge. Revenge, yes, like the weapon of envy. Of course, uh, because of it, he will not uh, win in this war. But this is the logic of the narcissists to do it, to do much worse things. Yeah, it, it is. And as you say, it's very difficult to know how things are going to go in that respect. And um, when it may be safe for people like yourself. Um, Maybe Putin will die earlier because of plot of his generals. So we will have another situation. But it's very important to understand uh, that we don't have to believe to so-called um, liberal politics of Russian. For example, Navalny, for example, so-called liberal journalist from Russia. Please don't believe them because you don't know all the quotes, I mean speech, quotes of these people. And we know all the quotes. And unfortunately, we don't have any friend from Russia to Ukraine. So if Putin will die and the other president will be, for example, he will say, uh, we want peace. We are against the war. Please don't believe because they hate Ukrainians with every cellar of their body, with every cellar of their brain. This is really genocide and uh, it's true. So I think we have to prepare uh, for the war uh, which will be during, for example, 10 years or more even. And one ch chance for Ukraine to live, it's um, when the Russia Federation will be broken on its several parts. Of course, they will attack each other, maybe with nuclear weapon also, and we will feel it. But this is the only chance to have our independence. They will forget about Ukraine for several years, at least, minimum.
Yes, absolutely. And look, well, all we can do is, uh, it's totally beyond all our power, all we can do is hope for the best, Polina, and that um, resolution will be found at some stage that will, in the first instance, stop the killing and thereafter hopefully be able to um, allow people to get their lives and, and their cities and towns back together. Uh, Polina, thank you very much for talking to us today uh, and for giving us that insight. I'd also like to thank our engineer, JJ Vernon, and thank you for listening. We're back again next week, folks. Go easy in the meantime.